Wait, dude, let's let's uh let's start episode one thirty one like this. Like what? What what are we starting at? Like what? Well, I just poured my beer. Opened my oh. beer. Did you open it? I did. Oh, good job. I'll start. I'll start mine. I'll start mine like this. Oh, can't even hear it, huh? Oh well, no good. Is it like oh. your head thumping? Is that you're hitting this the mute button? Yeah, that's my cock hitting the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> No, I was I was cheersing with a shot of whiskey. So nice, dude. This uh, <laughs> abnormal brewing company over here in uh, uh, San Diego, dude. They're pretty damn good. I'm drinking wow. this. Did I mention this before? The Fezic. Uh, what about Fezic One Fifty Six? It is a triple dry hopped West Coast IPA. Eight, I've heard of it. I've heard of it. Six percent. I think I may have told you about it. Maybe I, was I think you did. It. One time or something when I yeah I think I think you've mentioned it in passing just like the uh, yeah, this stuff is so delicious it smells so good when you open it oh, amazing what what is that other one you you and Jim always get the uh, pill what is it pill uh Pulney wait something the elder or something what is it well Pliny 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 the it. elder that's the co- pretty common one and there's Pliny the younger which is one that you can usually only get in very very limited quantities and I've only had that one twice. Oh, okay. It's pretty hard. Yeah. Jim got his buddy got, was able to get like one of the cases, which included this was last year, included the release. I think it included like a six pack, but you had to like, dude, I tried it. it within like 30 seconds or something. I mean, I was right there, right when it started, it was gone, you know, and they said that like, uh, I think they had like 3,000 cases or something. I could be wrong on the numbers, but you get, get the idea like 3,000 cases uh, that, that had some of those bottles in there and they had like 100,000 people trying to get it. So there was nowhere near enough, but I was fortunate enough to try it from that batch. It was really cool. Good. It's worth it. It's worth the hype. It's delicious. It's probably pretty expensive too, right? 8.6. Yeah, sure. I don't know what the, what the plenty of the younger is. This one, this 8.6 is not too bad. The four pint case. I think it's maybe like, uh, it's not one 16 of 16 bucks or something. I mean, four bucks a pint and it's kind of pricey for going right to the source, but dude, mm. they, pack the hops in going back to what we were saying last week about not too many hops it's not one of those unfiltered things is it well they dry hop it so they put hops in after it's like boiled and everything and during the whole like fermenting and finishing oh. process yeah i can't stand unfiltered like heaven bison so i don't like that stuff no i don't like hefe's either this tastes so good man it's really it's cloudy it looks almost like orange juice but that's because they just dry hop the hell out of it but it doesn't taste like a hazy or anything like that it's so oh, okay. good yeah. so good you would like you would like it. You look at it and go, it looks weird. It looks like orange juice. Yeah, it's so good. That's kind of in a way. That's kind of what those big little things taste like to me. They t- taste like a really thick alcoholic orange juice in a way. It's really weird. Well, the certain hops have that citrus orangey kind of flavor. This one's kind of like a, I don't know. I mean, it's got a little bit of that citrusy to it. I don't know. It's just get get hit get hit with the. It's like mosaic hops. That's like the flavor I get the most out of it. I don't know if that's what they use. Just, here we go. It says, let's just read it. It says a giant hop filled double IPA. Actually, it starts like this because Fezzik is actually uh, the character, the big giant guy that Andre the Giant plays and Princess Bride. Mm-hmm. So I guess it's Fezzik 156 because Andre the Giant infamously drank 156 beers in one sitting. That's insane. Insane. 
Yeah, That's triple insane. dry hop West Coast double India IPA. It's a double oh, IPA oh. that they triple hop dry hop with. Shit, dude. Almost forgot. Uh, welcome to episode 131. Holy crap. 131. Yeah. We, we forget half the time to mention that, don't we? Uh, we usually get about 10 minutes in like we just did. Yeah, so it's not bad. Didn't you mention that that whole scene from Andre the Giant was in Princess Bride, right? We were talking about that at the Warbringer show, right? Probably. I think we were. Yeah, how the cans were like really tiny in his hand. Oh, yeah, yeah. We were talking just about that, yeah. Yeah, and he's like, you just guzzle him like crazy. And I think he, like, on an average night, he drink like 40 beers or something. It's, an, it's fucking insane. It's insane, man. What did he weigh, though? 400 pounds or something? Probably. He was huge. He was he's a monster. He's like seven feet tall. Well, before anyway. we get too into this, dude, I want to mention, of course, we have the social media, Twitter, at ScatterbrainPod, and on Instagram, at ScatterbrainPod. SD is in San Diego. We say this all the time. We put it in our liner notes and everything. Uh, but it can't be said enough. Please rate, like, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. I also yeah, yeah. wanted to make a couple corrections. When we talked about movies, in the movies episode, we were talking about sequels and different things like that. We couldn't remember one of the movies. I think the, the note that I had made was that it was like the bachelor party in Vegas and then in Thailand. That was the comment that you had made me. Couldn't remember. But it was The Hangover, right? Yep, The Hangover. Yeah. Yep. Okay. We also recently talked in the, probably in that same episode about Pee Wee Herman. And we couldn't re remember which Cheech and Chung movies he was in. And we were fluctuating back and forth between two movies he was in because he was actually in two movies. Right. He was in Nice Dreams. Oh, the restaurant was. scene that you recalled where they're under the, under the table doing Coke. That was Nice Dreams? Okay. Yeah, that was Nice Dreams. Trippy. Okay. And then uh, he was also in the next movie. He was the guy at the front desk of the motel where Cheech's cousin was staying. That's they had, they had right. the big, big duffel bag of weed That's in the room. Right. They had to go get it, you know, and Chung's all pissed off. It's so funny. Chung's all pissed off. And, and then the, the cousin's like, hey, man, we got a bag of weed. And like Chung completely calms down. He's like, oh, really? You know, and then they have to climb up the, fi the fire escape and they go through that one couple's room. <laughs> Do you remember that scene? Is that, is that the guy who just got out of jail, like the big motorcycle guy or something? And he's like, no, that's the guy getting out of jail. And he's messing around with the, the wife. Yeah, yeah. And he gets out, no, he's like, I'm going to kill you. And he climbs out the window and stuff. That well, this is the, the one, the part, I'm, the, one I'm, the hotel I'm referring to, it's actually a motel, was with, yeah, like Chong is supposed to go pick up Cheech's cousin. Remember, he, does, he doesn't want to hang out with them. He's like, yeah, whatever you do, just don't bring him here. And then oh, they have this whole adventure. That's right. That's right? right. And so, yeah, that, yeah. yeah. That so, scene I was talking about was Nice Dreams, I think. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that is the one. And that's where they're up in the hotel room. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's right. I forgot. So I thought it was, um, what was the last movie they did? Things Are Tough All Over? Things Are Tough the last one? I don't recall. Something like that. So yeah, something like that. Oh, yeah. The movie I couldn't think of with Clint Eastwood was Any Which Way But Loose. Remember that stupid movie? Uh, I don't know, never saw that, yeah. I don't think. Yeah, and I, I corrected myself on the whole brain damage thing, uh, that movie. And what was the other thing? There's another thing. The Hangover was the movie. Yep. There's one other correction I was thinking about too. Oh, well, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's just kind of fun, kind of fun things. Like I remember driving to work or something and I'm like, oh, that's right. It just came to me. Cool. Anyways, man, what'd you think about that Warbringer show? Uh, it was awesome. Of course they didn't. There are a couple songs I feel like they absolutely should have played, but they have so many songs. They got to pick and choose, you know? But uh, I, I wanted to hear Power, un, uh, Power Unsurpassed for sure. I thought for sure they were going to end the show with that song, and they didn't. They didn't even play it. It was a weird choice. Was it um, 
Oh, it was Combat Shock. I was yeah, telling you from, yeah, from their first Shock, album. Yeah, yeah I think it was. Yeah, that was a weird way album. to finish it. Or was it Shoot to Kill? It might have been Shoot to Kill. No, I can't no, no, no. It, it was. It was Combat Shock. Yeah. Combat Shock. Yeah. Yeah, but and also they played um un- Unnerved, I think, from the recent album, and I thought that was an odd choice too because that's not one of their better songs on that album. It's kind of weird. They played some of my favorite off that new album, Crush Beneath the Tracks, The Black Hand Reaches Out. Fuck yeah, um, and um, yeah. Firepower Kills. That's how they started. Dude, that was a great. That's a great starting song. Actually, it never even would have occurred to me. I was hoping they would have started with a "Living Weapon," but it doesn't matter what I hope. They they did a great set. It was awesome, man. I thought yeah. I thought it was a good time. I was a little surprised that it wasn't quite so crowded. I don't know. We go to a lot of shows on Thursday night. There, a little surprised. Uh, it seems like the Tuesday night shows and the Friday or Saturday night shows are the ones that are the busiest for some reason. Yeah, I could say Friday for sure. And midweek, like Wednesday especially, is the worst week. That's why it's like usually open mic night at most places, so anyone can do it, you know? Um, I don't think there, obviously, but... And then Thursdays, yeah, I think it's Thursdays can be crowded sometimes, but that, you know, like bloody... It went from the most crowded I've ever seen that place to like to like half of a half of an audience, you know what I mean? Yeah. Which was weird. It was weird, but you know what? The crowd there was real cool. And passionate. Huh? And passionate. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. everyone has having a good time. And The few, uh, the few people fun. there like that make the pit open up, I noticed, because there's more room to run, and it makes this swirl bigger. Yeah, it was a, it was a pretty pretty good, good time, man. I had a really good time. I thought the sound was great. Yep. They, had a good, they played a good selection of tracks. It was awesome to see. And the last time I saw them there was in 2019, I think. That was the show where I discovered them with Beekeeper, actually. Oh, Beekeeper, right. Yeah, yeah um, the guitar player on, I don't have the names in front of me, but the guy that was on our side when we were playing, that dude, I love his style. I like his style of guitar playing. It's not like overly, it's like it's not like show-offy, but it's all metered out and it's done perfectly and he played perfect live. And uh, you know, those like really worked out leads. It seems like every one of his leads were like really worked out leads. He wasn't just winging it or like, you know, just making shit up as he goes. He wasn't improvising. And he played just perfect. The sound was so good too. But I want to say that that bass player, I think he held it down for everybody. He ripped it up. But so is Carlos Cruz, man. That guy's a monster. He's a monster. But I I, I was in in the right spot where I couldn't really watch him. So if, if you don't really notice him, if you're not looking at him, that means he's doing a perfect job. But that I was just fixated on that bass player and that guitar player in particular. And that dude plays bass louder than the rest of the band, but in a perfect way. So you can just hear it right over the band. The band can hear where the bass line is. You know what I mean? And it sounds so good that way. Not That's like, the perfect balance to me. It, me too. The way they play, their sound, everything to me is perfect. That's what it should sound like. The crunch and everything is just perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Carlos Cruz, dude, he's way bigger than I thought he was. So I, Jim and I met him when we saw them last. And I did not notice that he was a monster, dude. Really, he looks yeah, like he's, he's been li- literally lifting weights because I was looked at his well, legs. He's playing drums probably all the time. He's in like 8,000 bands. Well, true. But his legs, dude, they're like tree trunks. I, I just like look when they're done. No, it was right before the last song. Him and uh, Kevville, the singer, were on the side and they're talking. And it was right in front of us. And I just kind of looked down because he was wearing shorts. And I was just like, Jesus Christ, his calves were fucking huge. Like huge, dude. I'm like, this guy's, I think he's like almost six feet tall too. And for some reason, I pictured him being a short guy. Good show. Good time. It was fun to see Marianne. I was surprised. Not surprised, but it's a long haul for her. Well, she wanted to see a metal show. So I guess she did. It was a good she one. got a good one. 
sounded like she had a good time. She was mesmerized on the people in the in you know in the pit because she just said her eyes got big. Like, <laughs> well, that's why I told you I was like, you should probably warn her to, if she's going to stand there to keep her eyes out to her side. <laughs> right. And I was practically right up on the wall, and at one point, that one dude just totally fucking plowed into me, dude. Beer got all over me, so I was like stressing on the on the drive home because I reeked like beer, dude, bad. No, even my even my Warbringer shirt was covered in beer, so that wasn't an option. Oh, you couldn't even change, yeah. Mm-mm. Well, fortunately, that didn't happen. I think those beers. Well, I know those beers that you get at the bar are way just something about it gets you more more trashed. Because I only had three beers, but when I woke up in the morning, I was like, "Holy shit, those three beers kind of affected me," you know. Oh, you had three? I didn't know you had three. Oh, you had some at the restaurant too beforehand, huh? I had two beers at the restaurant. Actually, I had four because I had two at the show. Yeah, so no wonder. Yeah, two-hour show. I didn't start driving until after midnight, so that was fine. That was legally fine. Yeah, Did definitely. Did you feel like death? Is that what you were mm. saying? You were hungover? Well, I, I woke up at the normal time when I go to work, but I had the day off, and I went, oh, thank God. And then when I woke up at like 9.30, I was still kind of fuzzy, like a little hungover. I was like, holy crap, I'm getting old. So I was thankful I had that day off. I want to talk to you about something. Check this out. This is a puzzle, parable, whatever, paradox. I don't know what you call it, but um, have you ever heard of the Infinite Hotel? No. You sure? I have a feeling. Pretty sure. I'm pretty okay. sure. This is a hotel where there's infinite rooms, right? And when the first guest shows up, how do you fill the rooms? How do you fill his room? Well, you, well, the manager gets on the loudspeaker and tells everyone in the rooms, everybody gather your things. You have one minute. You have to, to move over one room. And so everyone gets their stuff together. And then, you know, one goes to two, two goes to three, et cetera, all the way down into infinity. Then that door is open and the person goes in. But the next day, a bunch of new guests show up and they're all wasted. They're all, they're all tired. I mean, they're all like grumpy and acting, you know, I want a room. They're all demanding a room, but there's an infinite number of new guests. So what do you do? Well, she's been through this shit before. So she says, uh, I'm going to, okay. She gets on the loudspeaker. She says, everybody, you have one minute and you have to go to the room that is double your room. So everyone goes to the double room. So like one goes to two, then two will go to four, three will go to six, all the way into infinity. And then she says, after a minute, she says, guests can all take the odd rooms because now all the odd rooms are open up, right? But here's the thing. She's also a good manager. So um, she visits every room to check on them. And she visits every single room in the infinite hotel in one minute. Because at the first room, she takes her time, 30 seconds. Second room, she goes down, she takes 15 seconds. Then the third room, she takes seven and a half seconds. Fourth room, 3.75 seconds. And so on and so on and so on. But she still gets it done in one minute. But here's the thing. When she's down at the end and almost done, if it's the infinite hotel, what happens to her? Where does she go? That's the question. How would she ever come back? That's sort of like the thought experiment that talks about distance. Where if you start at point A and point B is some arbitrary distance away, right? It doesn't matter. Right. And then you go halfway the distance between where you are on the finish line, so to speak, and stop. And then from there, you go halfway from where you are at now to the finish line and then stop. And then halfway and then halfway and halfway. Theoretically, you would never get there. That's the whole point. But it's still you're going backwards. You're going down to the number zero within a one, but it would still go on into infinity, but it would have to, you know, she would have to get it done within a minute because it's still one. So you could just go and go and go into infinity and you still equal one. So does infinity, does infinity really exist then? You see what I'm saying? Is there, can there even be such a thing as infinity? 
like space can, uh, can that actually be infinite i don't know well it's the same like i said it's not the same thing but it's the same kind of i know that mathematics that, uh, I, I'm referring I, I know that mathematically infinity infinity um exists right I, I get that part but like as far as the universe like the big bang do you, would you consider the big bang as the start of the universe proven i don't think anything's proven Oh, you, well, that's true because I was going to say, well, what about reality? Looking out your window, is that tree in front of me proven? I have no idea. Well, if it's a simulation, then I guess it's not. But anyway. It, you know what? It, it, it is actually not real. If we're going to go down this rabbit hole because. That's what I'm saying. Your, your, what you see and what you experience, there's right. reality. And then there's the way that you experience it. And the way you experience it and perceive it is by function of the machinery with which you're perceiving it. Right, sure. even so, so, something as simple as looking at a flower, uh, you can see it, and then a bee can also see it, but it looks very different than well, to you that does to a bee. Sure, but how how is it that something I look at looks what we call green to me, and you see it, and you would say it was green also? You see what I'm saying? So you see. But how do we know that the what you describe as green is the same as I? But we're using the same word to, de to describe what it is. So like a tree is green, but trees come in all different colors. So how would you know if it was green or yellow or red? Yep. So for example, look at a Crayola crayon and it's green. And right. we describe it as green. We have to look at it and say it's green. There's the reality of the crayon, which is however it exists, however it is, right? And then what you perceive as green may look, be what I think of as yellow. I mean, just to sim greatly simplify it. Yet somehow we agree that whatever we whatever we experience of our perspective, you know, individual experience correlates with the reality of what green is. Of what of yeah. So is that, I think we're saying the same thing. Yeah. So these are interesting thought experiments. So we don't really see <laughs> it's not reality what we see or we experience. So the tree out the window doesn't really exist like that. Right, but it doesn't, but it doesn't how really, it everybody, really everybody can what whether you see green as what I would perceive as green or whatever. How is it that everybody looks at the same thing and, and would agree that 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 is green? Because the reality of it, the reality of it, we can assume that our machinery is similar enough that we're the same species, right? Yeah, we can procreate, right? So we're similar maybe, enough. So maybe we'll, so it's we'll not proven the same. You're yeah, right. We'll call it that. We have to, we have to, that's how it works in the simulation or whatever the hell it is. So we'll go with that premise. You have to pick a premise. Okay. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. Every premise, you know, I mean, right. Sure. At some point you have to have assumptions, right? So let's assume that we're working with close enough machinery and the tree out your window exists in whatever form it exists, whether it's really just particles that, well, it is really just particles, but whether it's, mm -hmm. you know, one hypothetical organism would see it as just vibration or, or as like light and another one would see it as like this multicolored thing we see it as what we call green like whatever it is the machinery is going to perceive the scene the, if it's similar enough it's going to perceive it in the same way yet it'll look different just like someone could be colorblind right sure so the machinery is not exactly the same but close enough that we can that the response in, in most situations is usually the case that Whatever it really is, whatever makes it look green, what we call green to me, and what makes it look we call green to you, that it's a consistent response to what okay, the so reality is. Let's get back to what I was talking about. Do you think the universe is infinite? Um, like, like actual mathematically infinite? I mean, do you well, mean yeah, more? yeah, I do, because these are all things that we're talking about that could be measured. Right, right? Dumb it but down I'm to not like talking what I gave as a, from point A to point B. You could never theoretically hit 
the end, the finish line, if you're going half every time, half every time, half every, you'd never well, theoretically hit. Even, if, even if there was a big bang, there would be no beginning point. So it does go into infinity is what you're saying. Because otherwise, know, if, if you go back in time, if you go back in time to when the big bang supposedly happened, we still see light that got that, you know, took that long to get to us. So what if that just keeps going and going and going, though? And we just don't know it because the light doesn't reach us yet. Well, I think that's the power of the James Webb telescope and whatever comes after is that all these things are starting to be challenged. Sure. Right. We were looking, yep. you know, I tried to correlate this to like the idea of dark matter. There's last episode of the one before where there's a certain percentage of gravity that we can't account for yet. We see it, right. We right. observe the effects. And so it gets lumped in as dark matter. Now we send James Webb space telescope out. It sees further and more than we've ever seen before. Well, that accounts for some of that. Right. Yet it's going to be something like that. Maybe it's the James Webb. Maybe it's what comes next. That's way better. Whatever it is, at some point, these things are going to keep being challenged. The models are going to keep being challenged. And it's a fun way to think about if you think about maybe that we're just inside one cell or inside one organism. Like maybe things are so big beyond our understanding. We think that we're this, this uh, really intelligent being or that there's intelligent beings. And really, we're just some within some organelle of some large larger thing you know it'd be like if the gut flora were deciding that they were going to try to escape because they heard about you know an eyeball or something and they can go out through there i mean being stupid but it's like you're talking about extra quantum theory at that point like what if we were yeah. just the cells or or within an atom from something bigger even bigger than the universe etc 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 yeah it could be the you know the earth could be or the earth could be an organism i mean who knows man i mean who knows right but like but but what it doesn't doesn't believe in the big bang like kind of almost assume that there is there is a starting point or that the universe is finite somehow because they do predict like either a big crunch or like a big, you know, a big tear where everything falls apart because gravity lets down and then just everything's gone, right? But um, if if it's fine, if the universe is finite, actually, then how could it be finite? Just like how could it be infinite? Yeah, you see, I don't know. It's, it's, like, it's, it's hard for us to think because of these things because we think in such a linear fashion. Right. And that's, oh, that's, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You know, so there's there's a whole debate of do we... Well, well like, well, like Einstein's math, Einstein's math came up with the fact that there has to be some sort of big bang. You know, he, he figured that out mathematically, but he didn't even believe his own math because he, he preferred like the static infinite universe, even though his math said otherwise, you see what I'm saying? And he tried to be, he tried to debunk that in quantum mechanics, all that shit his whole life, his last three years of his life. And he, he totally failed, you know, uni, uh, what is it? Unified field theory or something. And he totally failed. And, um, Quantum mechanics has been proven real, even though it's fucking, it doesn't make any sense. It just doesn't make sense. How can and two proven, things, And maybe that's just two, the best explanation, yeah. right? Right. I mean, the thing is, is everything what do you we, mean? we've done. Well, so everything we've done, right? And most currently, let's say, to pick one specific thing, the James Webb telescope results in us modifying the way we understand things, right? Go far enough back and pe you know, people thought that there were, you know, the sun, they worshiped the sun or they worshiped the moon or whatever it is because they had some conception of things, right? And then whether or not you say that's right or wrong, I'm not talking about any of that. But in terms of the pursuit of, for lack of a better term, scientific progress, mathematical progress, whatever it is, you keep making the models better. So the models that we had before the James Webb telescope, I read articles with, with interviews that were saying that it's causing them to completely reconsider their theories and their models for how things, 
how everything. galaxies and start. You're right. So we don't know, and we're not going to know. And you know, at some point, maybe there'll be a reality. But again, could it be futile? Could it be that we're just we're like the fleas that are on some other, basically the dog, <laughs> or some other organism, right? The Earth or whatever. Are we a cell? Is the Earth, you know, a cell? The main cell? Or I mean, who knows, man? The galaxies are cells within a larger thing. Who knows, man? Everything right, that we have is just an assumption a... based off of, and even the math or the math checks out. Well, the math checks out because we observe things. Sure. You know, be, just because we observe in some way that something happens, that doesn't mean causation. So you work with the best models at the time with, you know, the tools that you have. So who knows? Well, the, I, don't know. I don't know. The evidence, the evidence apparently points to the fact that there was some sort of big bang, right? With the, the background microwave, you know, the microwave radiation that was found yes. in the sixties or whatever they won. Nobel Prize in 1978, blah, 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 blah. That was totally accidental, them finding that. And they just, they throw that into the pile of evidence to there being a big bang. So, you know, piles of evidence equals, you know, what is what it most likely is, just like the whole UFO thing, right? Here's the thing, though, is James Webb starting to show that that may be incorrect completely? That's what I'm saying, is I think... No, no, I mean the big bang, sorry. Yeah, I, yeah, it could be, it could be, yeah. I think that's what they're what they're sort of saying now, right? I think, I think they're confused. Are being questioned. Yeah. What I've heard, I don't understand. And it's like, they're just confused, really. Good. That makes so am I. Because I don't understand this stuff. Oh, I don't either, dude. Are you kidding? I think you've actually looked into the James Webb telescope a lot more than I have, to be honest. I mean, I saw some pictures of, of the, uh, the outer planets that it took. And I was just like stunned. Like, wait, we took that from here? Like, but I, James Webb telescope is pretty far out and everything. And it's the light that, you know, comes in from other sources is, pretty well shielded so man that's just amazing how much different it was from hubble and hubble was such a huge leap forward it just kills me yeah it's mind-boggling you know they looked at they're seeing when you look at the, the new pictures that they're that they're releasing and some of them was all kinds of things that were in places they, they thought were empty like they didn't see it i mean entire galaxies right it's insane yeah right exactly now, wasn't there, let's see, uh, they, made, they made some sort of discovery. It was the first full color image released from the, the super space telescope, James Webb, right? And it was presented, it shows a fantastically deep view of the cosmos billions of years into the past. How far more back have they seen now? Well, they're at like, I think with, with James Webb, it's like 13.86 or something like that. Oh, so it's only gone up like point. Well, no, it's gone up point three or four since it was a lot. That's a lot, actually, yeah. Damn. A lot, and then they're able to see as a result, let's say 20% more. I mean, that's a lot of 20, 20% of everything. That's a lot. Now, some of the oldest stars that they've seen, they, they say that they are they're pristine, is how they called it, called those stars, because because they have fewer, heavier uh, chemical elements than the more modern stars, such as our sun, apparently, which I don't entirely understand what that means. There's fewer elements at that time, so. They're made of fewer, fewer elements. I don't know. I don't get. I think uh, because they haven't had enough time to coalesce into other things, and because that light almost fourteen, now, yeah, clearly, clearly they have now. Whatever, they're probably gone by now. But at the that's, time of the light that we're seeing, that's, that's pretty damn whole, far, dude. That's the whole quantum theory thing that's fucked up, though, because there could be a particle there now. Say they're all gone. Say there's no stars there. But that particle could still be there and communicate with the particle, its twin here on Earth from that sort of billions of years, dozens of billions of years, maybe distance. And it may be seeing complete blackness. 
yeah, where we knows? still see stars who, and stuff. Or maybe and I'm not look, I'm not really suggesting this. I have no reason to even say it except for just because it's fun. It's like right, right. Maybe the universe is so big that actually what we're seeing is nothing in the 13.86 or whatever it is is nothing compared to what it really is and it's already started falling apart what do they they see when they're looking in our direction now well maybe there's nothing and maybe it's already so maybe you know it's even older than what they think it was but aren't we going going the opposite direction because we're younger you see what i'm saying so they would look at us like now now and see nothing because we haven't even oh we haven't even existed yet Correct. Yeah. Assuming yeah, okay, that's everyone. Yes. Yeah. 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 But I'm just saying it's also so far that it's possible that whatever that we were seeing or those those new stars or new galaxies or whatever were so young, yet the 13.86 or whatever it is is not even really even a fraction, big fraction of what of the actual timeline, for lack of okay. a better term, and yeah. that it actually has already started pulling apart and decaying. It just hasn't gotten to us yet. Look, I have no idea if that's how it works. But it could be so far and so big, right? Things have to happen. Or it could be just how it's programmed for us, to, you know, for it to look to us in such a way that we come up with wacky theories when it's all just inside a computer, a really super advanced That's computer true. somewhere. It, the, the things like the, you know, like fractals or or the Fibonacci sequence, or you know, like the golden ratio, the fact that all of that is everywhere still fucks with my head. Like the way trees are grown, you know, sunflower seeds, everything. It's all the Fibonacci sequence. You can't get away from it. That's weird. And someone would say, well, that's just the way nature programs everything. Nature programs everything. See what I'm saying? It just makes sense, dude. I'm going to pound it in your head till you go. The simulation is real. Oh, I don't doubt it, man. With, I agree with Ian completely. <laughs> oh, yeah, just like that. You'll be waiting a while. Episode 4028. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> well, yeah, well, the James Webb's doing some really cool stuff, man. They, they got some footage of that... Um, what was it? It's called Dart. It was like a rocket or something. Oh, the, the oh. big uh, asteroid or whatever. Is that what the term is? Asteroid? Yeah, asteroid. Wouldn't it be hilarious if they knocked it right on course with Earth? Uh, that would kind of suck. That would make me a dude. I'd I'd have to laugh. Um, we made a mistake, and in 150 years, that asteroid's going to plow under Earth. We're sorry. They'd be like, yeah, 150 years. I'm fine. <laughs> well, if you think about it, it's pretty amazing that they're able to launch a craft at it or a payload at it and hit it have it hit but how long is it going to take them to find out if that actually altered its course well they could probably figure it out just with the math man well that's what they're going to do but they're, they're going to wait a certain amount of time so they can actually get a, a good reading but it, it seemed like um you could probably a day or two you'd probably get enough data to, to know that it went off course or was following a, a different track right i would think but i haven't heard anything about it since that was what, over a week ago I'm not sure. I'm sure they're looking at it and measuring it, but yeah. I mean, you'd be able to tell. I mean, they, I'm sure they can, if they're able to pinpoint this thing and figure it out and, and hit it, I have no doubt that they've got an understanding of like what the mass of the thing is, right? Oh, sure. Oh, absolutely. And they know what their rockets are and they, they can do the math. I don't think that they have to guess too much. You know, they just have to look at the the arc it's on and then just backtrack yeah. and they can see exactly where it came from, where it's going to go. You'll get an angle right of, you'll yeah. get an angle and it goes from there. But um, well, yeah, good for they them. Were, they, they caught that with that. They caught images of that. Yep. With the, with the James Webb. It was, like, it was almost like a GoPro camera, like, you know, point of view sort of shot. <laughs> yeah. Right? And it's like skip, 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 black, right? It's like, holy shit. That was kind of cool. And you could see that the images I saw, they showed like, you could see like exp- the explosion, like, you know, it's light. It's only light that they're, they're showing, but 
you can see it radiating out did they release what kind of I mean, it was just the ship itself or was there an actual like explosive on there uh the dart i don't know let's look it up i'm, I'm looking I wonder if it's Dimorphos just like a, was the asteroid here. Oh, you mean Dimos, the DM, the the main asteroid, or not one, the the Dimos. big one that's D I D Y M O S is like the moon. Dimos the asteroid. It's kind of a weird thing if you think about it, huh? Yeah, and the fact that there was like basically a planet in the asteroid belt. Yeah. You know that's pretty weird. <laughs> the biggest asteroid, right? No, no, yeah. is that Deimos? I don't know if it's the biggest. I, one. I was thinking of the one that was kind of following Earth. It's pretty big, but it's kind of on the same. It's basically following us. It's being pulled gravitationally. And it's kind of like, yeah. yeah, what is it? NASA says um, they're going to use Hubble to monitor the, the system for 10 more times over the next three weeks. And then that okay. way they can see how everything expands and uh, fades out over time to see like really what, what happens and how much damage or how much effect it really has. But it's cool, man. I don't know. Some smart primates. Well, we'll figure out how to... Um, deflect an asteroid from plowing into us and ending our civilization but uh yeah just bomb the shit out of each other with fucking tactical or strategic nukes it's genius so did you know that uh they found some ice and or they think possibly they've found ice already but they found some think is water on yeah. mars like a lake under some frozen ice did you hear about that no but i wouldn't be surprised all the evidence kind of pointed to that so it's you know, still like amazing. With, yeah. It's still it is, amazing. No, it is, but like you know, certain times of the year when it get when it get colder and then warmer and colder, you know, the, the the seasons there, you can see underneath the the um on the hills and stuff, you can see like little lines of 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 uh, precipitation, a lot water down the sides of those cliffs, and then it get you know the summertime on Mars, they go away, you know, and then they come back when it, all that stuff underneath melts. It just goes on and on and on. So it seemed like there was water underneath anyway. It, I mean, without actually like having to see it or dig it up or drill for it or whatever they did. Yeah. Well, I think that they were just thinking like it was all trapped, all the water that was trapped into ice as ice, you know, and that what you're talking about maybe is that it's evaporating, right? Because it's like, well, then it would, would it be, the, it's still water and wouldn't that be a cycle or did we just happen they're to saying catch liquid? They're saying liquid water, I guess. Right. Be more clear. Yeah. Right. So that's pretty significant. Big time. They're saying that uh, there's about a six, six to nine mile expanse with ice that has about 13 is as little as 13 feet the depth and i think that that's kind of where they're that's pretty shallow no i guess relatively i mean 13 miles is pretty deep but yeah or no six miles to nine miles is pretty deep but yeah, yeah it seems shallow enough to get to it especially with yeah. the lower the lower gravity and everything it probably do drill a whole lot deeper there did they leave enough gas you know enough propellant on there to make, give a nice little explosion or did you figure just, they would have to, right? I, I don't know. I would just give it a little extra push, but I guess kinetically it would still affect it pretty pretty well. I mean, I wonder what so, uh, one of these scientists says we've been looking forward to the dart impact for over 17 years. And it's That's exciting. Insane. To, yeah, so it's, it's exciting to see it through the eyes of the greatest space observatories, Webb and Hubble. That's fucking awesome, dude. These when images they, provide us with it, clues. You know? it, well, they got images back, I think, last Monday. These images provide us with clues of what happened in the first hours after impact. And clearly there's much more happening than we had foreseen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope that's not the end of the article. So they, they, it took 10 months. It was the impact to, was to 10 get months there. after launch. So the, the plan- 17 years or whatever has been the planning and the building and the research and everything. Defining the planning. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's pretty cool, man. 
Yeah, it is really cool. Well, again, I, I think it's amazing what we're doing. You know, we, we, I've noticed it that it seems like we tend to talk a lot. It's seven million miles stuff. It went, it went seven million miles. Sorry. Yeah. Well, it's because it's fun. It's interesting. It's fun. And it's, it's like, seems like that's sort of like the bleeding edge of technology. I mean, there's other bleeding edges as well. Sure. The stuff's kind of, kind of big, right? You know, it was big to be able to do things like plant and manage crops and, you know, manage domesticate livestock and things. And now it's, you know, and then it was controlling things here and now it's going to be branching out and controlling things in other places, including knocking things off course. Do you think that there's any bad, any bad use for this? Could they like, cause it wouldn't make sense for them to <laughs> someone to like launch something to like direct you know, some asteroid collision in like China or something or whoever, pick your- Okay, you know. know about the potential sabotage of that pipeline under the sea in Denmark and they're trying to figure out who did it. You know, if, if Russia did it, they just pretty much hurt themselves, right? And then of course they're saying some comment Biden made or whatever, it's like, well, did America do it? It's like, but Ch Chinese news agency had made a really good comment and they said that this is a work of complete insanity and it opens up a Pandora's box because we start doing that telecommunication lines. We're going to start bombing each other's satellites, all communication. Everything we do is going to be just fucked once that box is opened. So I think we're at that precipice where these kind of things, they're going to use them to knock each other's things out. And it's never going to well, stop. That makes sense. That's it's going to cascade. Doing. It's going to cascade though. Well, there is kind of an agreement not to fuck with each other's stuff in space, partly because of all the debris it creates around the earth. But also because then you fuck my stuff up, I'll fuck yours up. Then now we can't communicate with anybody. Everything comes to a grinding halt. No one can do anything. Where are we at then? So the, the way he said it, it's a complete act of insanity of a madman. Just totally encapsulates the way everything's going right now. So I would be surprised if Earth and humans use something like this for nefarious reasons or to go after their quote unquote enemy, their so-called enemy, whoever that may be, right? We're humans, of course. It's interesting. It's like, let's see what happens. It's fucking stupid. Yeah. And if you think about it, it's pretty small minded because what would happen if there was some alien attack or whatever, right? <laughs> right. At well, some right. Point it would, that, that stuff would cease to matter because the whole, oh, literally the universe, but even ever, figuratively speaking, the universe would be bigger. Before I forget, you ever hear that, that recording? It's in, in the Oval Office. I think it's 1961 or 62. And, um, uh, Wally, Sh Wally Sharif, oh wait, Wally Sharif, whatever, one of the astronauts, one of the original Mercury astronauts happened to be in orbit, but they were testing nuclear bombs in the atmosphere over Hawaii at the time. And President Kennedy is like asking a scientist, like, well, isn't one of our guys up there, you know? And, and he's like, yes, sir, yes, Mr. President. And he goes, well, and we're going to just, this is scheduled for 6 a.m. And I just want to know what's going to happen, if he's going to be okay. And there's dead silence. And, and Kennedy goes, well, I guess we're going to just see what happens and starts chuckling, dude. And I was just like, oh, my God, they just winged it, took risks with people's lives because they were exploding nuclear weapons in the atmosphere when our own guys were up there. That's weird shit. They didn't know. The scientists didn't know what was going to happen. Went with it. Well, let's see what happens. Isn't that fucking nuts? Humans, dude. Yeah, That's what well, we do. People, but there's also the people that take that risk because they want to be on that. There's a certain personality type of people that thrive to do that. They know it's dangerous. You know, when with, I watch the best with other people's ever, lives, though, well, but the, someone signs up for it. Look, when I watch, the I don't think movie, I don't think that astronaut knew they're going to be doing nuclear tests in the atmosphere above Hawaii. But they're signing up to go hurtling through space and do all these other things that are. Yeah, but if edge, you man. if you threw the caveat, the little roadblock, if you're going to go in space, we'll pay you this much money. It's you risk. You're risking your life blasting off 
chances are 70 30 or 40 60 whatever it is right but then they go oh and by the way uh we're going to be exploding nuclear bombs in your path as well are you okay with that that changes fucking everything dude well it sounds like from the way you described it that they didn't really think about it until then like oh well here it is but that's exactly what happened do you think they told the astronaut I don't think they did. I think, and the scientists didn't know what to say to the president. And the president just shrugs and goes, well, I guess we'll see what happens. That just killed me, dude. That just shocked me. Like, you guys didn't think this th- this shit through? Why not just cancel the fucking test? It just amazes me, dude. So we'll see what happens. Fucking crazy. Just you like in no the skin in the game. It doesn't matter happens. to you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but people sign up for I'm not justifying that. People sign up for these things, you know? So. Look, when you I saw the best up, movie, you're just like, oh, well, whatever. Just, when yeah. I saw the best movie that I've ever seen, uh, Maverick, he, uh, oh, I thought you were going to say, his, I thought, thought you're going to say Shaft. He's trying to get this test, you know, craft up to like nine, Mach nine or something, Good. or Mach 10. And he's like about to black out and this whole thing. You know, they, they know that they're signing up for danger. I'm not saying it's right to, to approach it in that way, but did Goose uh, learn his lesson? Goose was dead. See, other people's lives. <laughs> All right, dude. Yeah, I want to actually. I'm going to be uh, getting ready to decorate my Halloween. Get some Halloween stuff going on. Cool. I'm looking forward to that. I want to start watching some horror movies again and kind of revisit some some classics. There've been a few on my list. Uh-huh. I want to see some new shows and stuff. So I don't know. We should get together, watch something, and talk about it or something. Speaking of new shows, do you have anything to suggest that you've been watching lately? I still haven't made any progress on The Boys. I think that's what it's called, The Boys, right? Mm, yeah. And then what were we talking about at the show the other night? Uh, Mr. Pickles or something like that? Mr. Pickles! Uh-huh. want to get on that. Yeah, you really should. Yeah. So, no, I don't, I, I don't watch a lot of TV. There is a new documentary on Netflix, and it's about Credence Clearwater Revival's uh, show in London in 1970. And it had never been seen until they released it here. And they did like a mini documentary before shows them touring around and stuff. And then they do like the actual like 40 minute show in London. And they're all like nervous because this is at the point right when the Beatles broke up and Creedence Clearwater Revival actually was arguably more popular than the Beatles at that time. And then the Beatles Abbey Road like overtook them on the charts and everything. Then all of a sudden the Beatles break up and they're in London and they're all nervous. They're like, are these people going to be cranky, whatever, you know, because they were literally the band on the planet at the time. And I was, I got about halfway through the show, man. And I, it's not like I, I just discovered that Creedence Clearwater Revival is fucking awesome, but they're fucking awesome, dude. Oh, yeah. Their music uh, is amazing. They play great uh, live. I mean, they're on top of the world until they shit their own bed. But there's just the music is so fucking good, dude. I don't really know the story behind them. Maybe I'll check out the the documentary you mentioned. But yeah, man. And and even when you hear some of the the drum tone and some of their recordings, it just even that even the production of some of their stuff was really good. No. And you know who produced it? John Fogarty. All that shit. He did everything. He basically did everything. And that's maybe even a story for another day as to why they broke up and everything. And I don't know that he even talks to his brother to this day. I don't think, I don't think that happened. That's kind of sad, but that's kind of sad. Yeah, it really is. But you know, artistic, uh, you know, differences and uh, I want credit for this. And fact is John wrote most of the music and produced it all. And just those kind of things, you know, things that weren't worked out properly and fame got to their head and kind of over overpowered them as well. But that showed that they're showing on Netflix. You could tell they're all nervous and they don't really talk. And I almost expect like a, a London crowd, especially in 1970, I guess. I don't know why I'm thinking that, but they'll just be quiet after songs. 
and then they'll let you go into the next song and it's only at the end when they like give you your applause that they think you deserve or not right and he was saying he was he was worried they're gonna like literally boo them off the stage can you believe that shit they had like yeah. number one and number two songs like three of them at that point over the last couple of years they're the biggest band on the planet and he and everywhere they went in, in uh europe they kicked ass and were sold out and everyone loved them but for some reason that particular place in london made him nervous as hell but just watch it dude it's really good it's a great documentary and i think they cleaned up the footage because it almost looks like it was filmed yesterday it's really weird interesting i've been actually watching some world war one and world war two video clips for some reason that's been really interesting to me i've been kind of doing a little bit of that on youtube the colored stuff so yeah i mean it, I've, I've come across some of the colored stuff which looks pretty cool to think about it because they've gotten pretty decent at some of those videos what even the old stuff man that's black and white well, there, there, there's actual color film from that time. Oh, yes, yes, super, super rare, and it looks trippy because you know it's not colorized. It's just that's what it looked like according yeah. to the film, right? But yeah. yeah, those are really interesting. I agree. Yeah, it's very interesting because imagine what what a experience that must be, right? You're like a press person. You've got a camera. You're hoping that you know you don't get hit by something. You know, you got press shoved all over your chest and head, hopefully, or something. But that, you know, things happen people may not care either right but to see that and just be there and see all these things happening is very interesting when you see people actually you know because most people i think have seen things like private ryan saving private ryan or band of brothers you know the different aspects of those things but the storming of the beach in particular seems like a pretty intense experience <laughs> and to actually see it you know right. and both sides had it both right. sides had video it's amazing yep um, I, I would say maybe before UFO history, uh, I got really into, um, in, since I was like probably God, fifth grade, sixth grade, I delved into World War II, especially not so much World War I, but I have so many books on that shit. I've read so much about World War II, and I know so many different events from that fucking time. It's, uh, it's, it's sad, and some of the things that were done were unbelievably horrific. We need to never be there again, dude. Yeah, so that's that's brutal, and I understand that sometimes, you know, imagine what that must be like. I've been fortunate enough to never have to be in that situation myself. People go through whatever they go through to get get through it, but each type of conflict has their own craziness to it. It's all crazy, right? But like, you know, at some point, they realize, you know, World War One was a lot of these the trench warfare, sure, sure, and but the, the barbarity poison. in World War Two was extra special, fucked up, like unbelievable. Like humans do this to each other. Not just shooting each other to get, get you know gain ground or whatever, but some of the horrific slow ways of people dying and of massive amounts of people dying. You know, like like the the bombing of Tokyo right before they dropped the bombs, they they burned down like some some incredible percentage of Tokyo just with regular bombs, dude. Killed hundreds of thousands of people, way more than Hiroshima. You know, that's what people do to each other. Or like the experimental um, labs that the Japanese had in in. China, the rape of Nanking, dude, all that shit. Horrific. The, the, the squads, the Nazi death squads, who go around and like pull families out of their home just because they're Jewish, shoot them in the head and dump them all in a ditch. It's fucking unbelievable what humans are capable of. It makes me sick and we need to never fucking go there again. And I'm afraid we're at a really, really scary point in history right now. And some people around me don't seem to realize it. I'm paying a lot of attention to this shit because it's scary when nuclear weapons are threatened. People should pay attention. People suck, dude. People fucking suck. But they, there's so many good things. Maybe the aliens just keep us around. Dude, and remember the whole, like, remember the whole aliens fucking with nuclear weapon sites and stuff? Yeah. yeah. I wonder if he decides to launch that shit, if it's going to work anyway, or whether it's already been 
fucked with and it's not going to work. You know what I mean? Or something will happen to him. Because check it maybe out. We need the, maybe They're, we need the aliens to invade us, dude. Maybe check it right. out, though. Listen, listen. The observatories in Ukraine right now have, have discovered new ways. You got to look this up. They discovered new ways of taking... Uh, taking shots, you know, images of the sky because they're looking up and they're looking around and they're seeing UFOs everywhere. And they have two types. They have, they have, I think they call them the cosmic and they're the bright ones that they see, you know, or like people do see. And then there's the other ones that I think, they, I forgot what they call them, the dark ones or the, sh- the shadow objects. And they're the ones that actually don't just like absorb light, but they're completely stealth and they move a little bit slower and they have a way of capturing this. And they came to the conclusion that these things are going upwards of twice the speed as our spaceships go around the earth. So it's like, you know, 17,000 kilometers a second or something insane, right? These things are going twice that fast and they have images of shitloads of those things, dude. And they all came out right now. And right when they're figuring out how to capture these things, you know, so people are going to look at them, right? Obviously, but this all starts now during the Ukraine war. Just makes me kind of go, "Huh, that's interesting, right? Maybe we are going to get lucky and be protected by something." I don't think that's too far fetched either. Aliens should just attack us. Oh, I'll, I'll, yeah, or that's I'll, what we need. I'll bow, I'll bow to our new overlords as long as they give us food and let us play video games and ride a bicycle. They're not, they're not new. They're not new. They're not new. Yeah. They're not new. They haven't destroyed themselves, so the chances are they're not fucking evil that's the whole point they're not if they could have taken us over they would have done it a long time ago because they can at that's any point. my point yeah at any point. point at any yep. point right so maybe even though they're just watching us or they try to stay out of our shit if we're about to annihilate ourselves or screw up the planet really badly in a nuclear war maybe they will step in and i want to see that shit happen dude i want to see that happen and maybe those- they just want the gold here and they can't have it be nuked either because then they can't come here well, the point to that that whole ramble right there was, I think they just keep us around because they like our music. That's all it is. <laughs> They're like, yeah. Have you heard CCR? They're amazing. Yes, but look at all of these. <laughs> yeah. But look at all of these other bands. Wow, they're out of control. Let's it certainly is out of control, man. What is, this so visual? what is this visual I'm looking at? They call it a Picasso. It is very interesting. <laughs> very interesting. That's why they keep us around, dude. I'm convinced. <laughs> well, maybe we Who got knows, that dude? going for us then. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? This is pretty good to catch up today. I really had a good time with the show the other night, and I'm glad that we made that happen. Okay, are we good? Yeah, we're good, man. Thanks for listening, everyone.